Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the glory of your incarnation, for the love from which you came among us and were made one of us. We love you this morning. We give you all the glory in your son's name. Amen. So I love Christmas, and I love having our children participate in this service. I mean, that was, that was glorious, wasn't it? Let's give them another hand. Yeah. But frankly, it doesn't get much cuter than kids and angel and shepherd and donkey costumes. And I was not expecting the star costume, actually. That was amazing. I mean, it, just, it does give us this sense of the profound, like, sheer happiness of this day, of this scene as Luke recounts it to us in his gospel. And even as we celebrate this morning with our children and the cuteness of that, I want us to go a little deeper as well and put Luke 2 in the context of the rest of Luke's gospel so that we don't miss the reason why Jesus took on flesh and became one of us. In this season, we're so inundated with holiday music that we can often forget why, why it is that we're celebrating Christmas in the first place. I mean, the other day, my daughter Rain, and I got her permission to tell this story. So, uh, the other day, she came up to me and she said, do you know what my least favorite Christmas song is? It's last Christmas I gave you my heart. What is that even about? <laughs> I, I'm actually not sure myself, <laughs> but I hear it every Christmas. And I think we can have the same uncertainty listening to the other songs piped in at grocery stores and shopping malls. But the more ancient carols can actually teach us the meaning of Christ coming to earth. And we sang some of them already this morning. I think, for my money, that God rest ye married gentlemen as one of the very best one-line summaries of the gospel that I have ever heard. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Actually, why don't we sing that right now together? Chris? God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In the first chapter of Luke's gospel, the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that she will have a son. What's his name? Jesus. Who can tell me what Jesus means in Hebrew? Anyone? What's the name that Jesus repeats from the Old Testament? Joshua. Joshua. And what does Joshua mean? Anybody? God saves. Mary knows that Gabriel is reaching back into Israel's history and saying that God will fulfill his promises to his people. He will save them. But even more powerfully this time than he did with the first Joshua. And Mary's name itself reaches back into Israel's history and suggests to us how God is about to save his people. Mary's name in Greek is Miriam. What does that sound like to you? Anyone? Miriam. Yes. 
It's the transliteration into Greek of the Hebrew name Miriam. And when she sings her song, the Magnificat, we are meant to recall Miriam's song that she sings after God defeats the entire Egyptian army and the Pharaoh in the Exodus. Remember what she says? The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. Our God is mighty to save. He saved his people once in the first Exodus. And in the second and greater Exodus in his son, he will lead his people again out of slavery, but this time to sin and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. One more time, let's sing the refrain. Christmas is about God coming among us, assuming human flesh in Christ so that oppression will cease. We don't sing this line from joy to the world as often as we should. Far as the curse is found, that's how far the mercy of God goes. And Mary tells us this in her song in chapter 1 of Luke's gospel. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estates. He has filled the hungry with good things. In the reign of Jesus, all of the horrible things go away. The government will be on his shoulders, Isaiah tells us. God is the king, and he is establishing his kingdom in Christ. And woe to us as his church if we don't embody that in our midst as the first fruits of this kingdom that is coming. What do you think that might look like if we were to embody this kingdom of peace in our midst? I think, first and foremost, it would mean that we are reconciled to each other. We don't let the wrongs that we've done to each other fester. But we bring them to each other in great love and say, you hurt me. Can we reconcile? Will you repent? John's gospel tells us, by this everyone that you will know, by, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. This is tidings of comfort and joy. The Prince of Peace has come among us so that we might be reconciled to each other, so that we might embody this kingdom, to be the first fruits of this kingdom that will come in its fullness when Christ comes again. And in the meantime, we live it out before the world so that they may know that it's true. This is the only way the world will know it's true because it's God's way. He came among us because he loved us and he refused to let us go our own way into everlasting ruin. He has, as Father Jonathan told us weeks ago, deferred his coming in judgment to clear away the wreckage and the devastation that humanity has unleashed upon the creation because he loves us. He was born so that he might die on the cross to defeat the power of sin and death in our lives because he loves us. St. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, says that Christ poured himself out. He humiliated himself. He left his place in glory to live in this world of tears with us so that he might win us back to glory with him. He died on the cross and was raised from the dead, victorious over sin and death, and he ascended into heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit among us so that we might live out this gospel 
Why? Why would he do all of that? Because he loves us. He loved us with a love that is stronger than death, as the Song of Songs tells us. He did all of this so that we might be the ambassadors of his kingdom of love. So that we might love one another with this love that pours itself out, that empties itself, and love others into his kingdom. I want you to grasp the magnitude of this love this morning. How many of you have read Sally Lloyd-Jones' The Jesus Storybook Bible? Raise your hand. I love how she describes the love of God in that book. Here's how she, here's how she describes it. It is a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking always and forever love. Never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. That's the love with which God created the world, and that's the love with which he is reconciling the whole world to himself. That is why Jesus became one of us, because God loves us with that love, furious love, an unstopping love. If you don't know Christ this morning, I long for you to know this love that is stronger than death. If you don't know him this morning, I believe that he will find you. I believe that he will persuade you that he is the only one that is worthy of trust and that he loves you with this undying love. His love is real love. It is creative love. It is ennobling love. It is a love that restores dignity to people and creates hope and communities of hope that can flourish. As St. Augustine once put it, in loving me, you have made me lovable. This is a love that restores dignity and hope. If you don't know him this morning, I pray that you would come to know this mighty love. But you can spur yourself on to believe this morning. Look at the face of Jesus Christ, helpless in the manger, and see the face of God willing to humiliate himself for you so that you might be rescued from the power of sin and of death. And go on and read the rest of the Gospel of Luke and test whether what I am saying is true this morning. And then pray to him. Say, Jesus, if you are who Luke says you are, the Savior and King of all things, if Christmas really is glad tidings of great joy for all people, that this kingdom of love is coming to establish true justice, true peace, true reconciliation among the peoples of the world, then show me. Our Lord is mighty to save, and he will save you. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Now let's sing that refrain one more time. Tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy, oh, tidings of comfort and joy. In the name of God, amen.